folks, welcome to the Jock and Journo show for another week. Uh, we've got the great man, Braden Cox. He's been gallivanting around the world for the past month. It's uh, great to see you back, Cocko. You're a little, a little tubbier than when we saw you last time. You've had a good time in New York. How are you, buddy? Uh, I spent plenty of time in the paddock. Uh, I've definitely gone up a couple of weight divisions. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not great. You missed a great podcast with Jared Ruffhead, the Hawthorne champ, uh, who was in here uh, last time. Cruelly dropped once again by uh, Alistair Clarkson. We feel he for you. He wasn't dropped, mate. He had ribs. As if he had sore ribs. Sore ribs. If he had sore ribs, he'd be playing. Do you reckon well, sore maybe ribs? Sore ribs was code for broken. So, uh, if he Have had you thought of that, do you reckon teams are honest with their injury Scott, sheet? Anyway, if, keep going. If he had sore rib, you reckon? Nah, Clark, I'm not playing this week, mate. What about if I got a bruised ribs? rib. What about if they were broken? You ever had broken ribs? Story? Have you played with broken ribs? Yeah, but I haven't uh, had a couple of broken oh, ribs. Oh, next oh, level tough. Yeah, yeah, but and he's a key position player. That's the voice of the five-time All-Australian, five-time Best and Fairest winner, three-time Anzac Day medalist, Scotty Penderbury. How are you, mate? Very well, thanks. How are you? Tough week for you, Brazzy. Okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You're right. I've um, had worse weeks in my life. That wasn't the um, worst football game I've been a part of, so it's been worse than that. It's, so. pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> unlike, unlike the media, bad. Jay-Z, oh, we don't ride the wave. Don't you? No, so we're not as, yeah. you know, we're not flag favourites if we win oh. one and we're not wooden okay. spinners if we lose one, so like you like to anoint a side every yeah. second week, they're the new flag favourite and oh. can anyone beat this side? Oh, nice. It's not how we do it, mate. Oh, I saw your senior coach, Nathan Buckley, in a couple of press conferences and he was Mark Ocalupo up there on the big wave surfer. <laughs> he was flat. Flatter's attack with the uh, with you blokes. Well, most of us were pretty flat after the game because yeah. we played poorly. Mate, I want you up. That's all. You, 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 I'm I fine, just, mate. Uh, I, the sun come up the next day. Yeah, I was right to go. The, the, okay, that's good. Bloody um, embarrassed. Yeah, a bit embarrassed. So you've had said, bloody embarrassed. Yeah, he's soft too. Well, that, the when oh, he said though, we, we jumped out. Of, you don't oh. often hear a coach say that, that his troops jumped out of the way of contact. He didn't want that to was say. the. Mm. He's like that, obviously, you too. <laughs> Mate, just for the record, I couldn't jump out of the way quick enough. Let's yeah. be clear. Have you want to talk about the game and the past fortnight? Because you've been average for the past fortnight, to be honest, Scott. In fact, if you actually go back to way, back to round seven, there have been some issues arising. Why didn't you bring it up at round seven? And you may, he might leave here if we keep going. Who'd be playing round seven? Port? Was it? Uh, since then. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Since then. There's a little flat, mid-season flat spot. Hey, you don't have to be June champions. All right, firing. I'm just asking who we played in round seven. I've been away for three weeks. Port. So yeah. where you, where's Collingwood on the ladder now? You must be what ninth or tenth. I think we're fighting for the number one draft pick at the moment. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to scan through my phone and see who we played in round seven. Keep going. I'm we're going to talk about a couple of things, um, including an interesting story in the Herald Sun um, this week. But are you, are you you said something before about catching public transport for the first time this week. Is it right? Round seven we played Port Adelaide. Yeah, so... So since then? P- the public transport yeah. thing. Do you own a Mikey card? No, um, but... Have you been outside of your... What, what, car no, you, well, well, what luxury I, car are you driving no, these no. days? So when I was... Um, 17, I moved to Melbourne and Daisy mm-hmm. had a car, so he took me around everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I caught the train back to sale when I wanted to go back. Yeah. But then I was 18 and had a car, mm-hmm. fortunate enough to be able to buy one. So yeah. never really had to get on a train. And now where I live now in Elwood, I've want, like, for some reason I've just had a bit of an urge lately to mix with the people. I want to try and get to training via... Become a common man. Yeah, get to training via public transport. So yep. I have to jump on the tra- train, mm-hmm. no tram. Yeah. I was having a look today because I was like, if I could just get on the one down in Ackland Street, 
that's going to take me nowhere near where I need to go. Yeah. So I have to walk up my street. Um, I don't see how long it takes me. It takes me about 20 minutes usually via yep. my vehicle. So mm-hmm. see how we go. Yeah. I, reckon I, I reckon I've got to probably allow an hour, would you say? Yep. Take me like 10 minutes to walk there, <laughs> yep. jump on the tram. Yeah. All the way to like St Kilda Road side of the tan and yep. then walk around to training. Yeah. Do you reckon it's going to be harder than playing a game of footy? Yeah, I'll, no doubt I'll get lost or mm. jump on the wrong tram or get off one yeah. stop too early. I love it when footballers try to do normal people stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know. Like, in New York, I'm, card, that's a, I'm a whiz in New York yeah. on the subway. Like, yep. I can get you wherever you need to go <laughs> quickly. My well, missus right. would often jump on the tram or the subway there and would be going the wrong way. And that's when I took over the reins. Well, anyway. this, this is the uh, challenge for all uh, our fantastic listeners. If you see Scott on any public transport or walking the streets one day next week, get a selfie with him and then tweet it to um, at Jock and Journo, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your experience yeah, with him. Or just tag one of me, Jay, or Braden if you yeah. can't do that. But yeah, grab a selfie with That's me brilliant. and take just a photo check in that I'm going in the right direction yes. and <laughs> let me know where I need to jump off. Yeah, we're going to call this the Help Scott Pod because yeah, I don't yeah. reckon you'll make it on time. You better leave your house very early. How often do they run? Like every 10 minutes, five minutes? Yeah, about that. Trams, 10.20, yeah, yeah, depending yeah. where you are. Yeah, that's a big miss if you miss, isn't it? It is a big 20. miss. Yes. These yeah. are real world problems for people like Braden. I kind of feel like in your head you think it's just going to be empty as well and Ooh. you just get on and take a seat and just away <laughs> you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's... No, I'll just chuck, never the, empty. chuck the cans on and just listen to some music. And yeah, you try and put you pull your cap down. If you sit next to Scott, strike up a conversation with him. Ask him about the performance of the weekend. He loves the chat. Absolutely, you'll yeah, be up for the uh, chat about the weekend. Hey, um, wrote a story this week, Scott. I mean, this podcast can't always be about you. And um, it was about. Oh, I love this this tale, right? About this kid plays for in your brother's team, yeah. Cooper Sharman. He plays for Ball and coached by Rodney Ede. Now, <clears throat> he's a suburban footballer who's trying to get drafted. And I reckon these days it doesn't really happen, does it? We draft out of the elite pathway programs, the under eighteen team, the VFL waffle, etc. But here's this kid dead set playing for Ball and. Yep. And I'm reliably told that he wears. <laughs> Your boots. You're reliably told because I told you <laughs> before the podcast started. But yeah, so when. How, why why is this so kid who I, you've never met so wearing your boots? I joined the dots like last night. So yep. when I seen your article yep. and I took a photo because the ball and jumper, mm. I was like, I wonder if Critter know who this kid is. So yep. I sent it to my brother and I was like, who's this kid thinking, is it possible that's like a very similar jumper to ball one? And he said, um, it's but, Cooper. Mm. Yeah. He goes, this. Um, Cooper, um, it's the kid I told you about. He's a gun. And I said, oh, oh, right. And he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, it's the kid that I got you to get boots um, for that we can give him to wear. Because I think his boots were pretty shocking by the time when he got to Bourne and whatever. And so, so this talented kid from the New South Wales regional yeah, and just like his boots were just basically destroyed. And Critter said, like, do you have any spare boots or whatever? And we can give this kid. So... Um, I actually said to him last night, I was like, if he needs any more, because he's probably played half a season with him now, they might be a bit raggeded. So let me know and I can get him some more boots. But that's then I joined the dot. So this kid that's a gun is the one that my brother asked for some boots for. And There you go. Anyway, I haven't watched too many Bournemouth games, so I can't really comment on if he's a good player or not. But What does your brother say? He reckons he's a gun. Yeah, he said, like, I told you. He said to me, he goes, I told you at the start of the year. I was like, man, I'm yeah. not arguing with you here. But, yeah, he said he's a gun and... Um, I think he's doing a little bit of time with Oakley Chargers. Yep. And then Ballman can get him back soon, I think, to play for them because they've, Critter reckons they've missed him when he hasn't played yet. But he said he's a gun and you'd have no doubt that he'd be fine at AFL Club. 
how great that a park footballer with a trampoline leap, Rodney Eade says, who can mark it like uh, Jeremy Howe, sort of, uh, could make it because he hasn't had, he doesn't have the strength, the fitness, he hasn't done yeah. all the running. So that well, that stuff's going to come in an yeah, AFL yeah. system. But when you can jump on the bloke on the top of blokes' heads, yeah. and got the touch and the footy IQ like Rodney Eade says, and this is like the recruit. I think that's the beauty of having a guy like Rocket too coaching in suburban footy is yeah. that if that was just you know Joe Blow coaching Baldwin and he said this sort of stuff, no yeah. one would really take notice. But you've got an AFL coach there that says this guy can play that people will take take notice of him and i reckon the, the football is coming back in vogue like iq and footy smarts and mm-hmm. either the athlete who can run and can't kick yeah definitely um for the good eight afl clubs went and saw him eight afl clubs went to a park game a suburban game at yeah, the weekend they watched blackburn balling i think mm, blackburn in the wet just one yeah it would have been pretty shocking had a few snags Hey, um, before we get... He kicked a few snags. Kicked three in the wet. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, took a nice contested mark. Thanks. Anything else? <laughs> I think he got a Joe the Goose as yeah, well, but that's okay. That's all right. He was best on against Noble Park a couple of weeks ago. It will be fascinating uh, to see if this guy, if he's picked in the top 50 players in the country after playing park footy for the year and uh, regional footy New South Wales last year. Hey, uh, Ben Cunnington, can you believe this man has never been selected in the All-Australian squad of 40 so at the moment, he's second on the AFL Coaches Award. It's a debate for another day. What do you mean? Not being selected in the All-Australian. All-Australian thing. 40. Yeah, but he should have been. But I mean, that's a debate. Yeah. That selection process. So he's been itself. snubbed. He's been largely ignored. Let's, let's be honest. Is there a selector on the thing from North Melbourne? Because the North Melbourne Alliance? Mm, do you reckon, that, you reckon they're oh, biased? I don't know. It would, definitely would help, wouldn't it? Club bias? Maybe. Interesting. Um but he's a gun. Is he? Tell me about his physicality on the field. Um, oh well, yeah. He seems farm sort of strong. Like, you know, like say a centre bouncer. Most guys, most guys at centre bouncers, like try and get momentum and um, you know, like you win, run. A, win a body, win a body contest, yeah. and then like get off. Yeah, he'd say and he just try and get, Like he just stands there, and it's like. <laughs> It's like wonder what the ball's going to go like three centimetres to his left and it's, he just stands there and just plonks there. You can't move him. Yeah. Like he's that strong. Um, yeah, and then his fend-off is it's like Dusty's got a good fend-off, but, you know, guys have been getting him a bit more than normal mm-hmm. and he tends to use his a lot more in open space. You know, he's already got the ball. Yeah. Where you see Cunnington, he'll do like three in the same passage of play to get himself out of the middle of a pack, like... He's fend off. Not one of our guys tackled him on the weekend. He got mm. out of that many. He's got the the best fend in the game. Um, and, yeah, he's probably the form inside mid of the competition. And you could see against the Giants when they tagged him how much that took away yeah. from Norse's Strength. strengths around the contest and how much he sets them up. And the other thing that he does do so well is he's such an elite decision maker with the ball. Um, he's a beautiful kick. Just tends to always handball, but when he wants to kick, he's a beautiful kick. And you know, I think on the weekend he had 37 possessions against us and went at 90% efficiency. So, um, and and most of his balls clearance or contested. So that's ridiculous. How do you meant to defend a fend off? So if I fend, oh, I if I fended you off, what are you yeah. meant to do? P- push up, push yeah, down. Yeah, no, you're supposed to you're supposed to clear that arm. So just like, anyway, how? No, nah, you clear it, and like so, you hit it back inside their body, uh-huh. so it'll drop the arm, and then you tackle. But yeah, I don't know. I can't do it. I just get fended. I watch the ball too much. It's my problem. Well, because I, the other thing he does as soon as he gets the ball is he cocks it like he's about to handball. Mm. 
So you think, where's this going to go? He buys himself a second and then as you go to tackle him, then he can fend you off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find it really hard to tackle. So why did they bully you? <clears throat> why did you guys get bullied inside the contest? Why did you jump um, out of the way? That bullied inside the contest. Did like, it feel like I a think, soft um, effort? No, well, I think this is sort of where, you know, everyone when we talk about contested ball, everyone just thinks it's the midfield yep. battle. Um, you know, I think they won contested ball by nine. Melbourne beat us two weeks prior to that by like 28 or 30. Yeah. But um, it's also the contest forward and um, forward of the ball, behind the ball, on the spread after a stoppage. It's not just the stoppage stuff. So, yeah, they were just more physical all night with their pressure. Um, and it looked like playing, and I've watched the game back, it was almost like contagious for them too. Once they got us a few times, everyone sort of fed off that. Tails are up. We got we got more and more safe with the ball as their pressure ramped up. We then started just kicking it blindly down the line, which then played into, you know, Taron and Scott Thompson and Jasper Pittard was playing a really good game. So we just got really safe, easy to defend. And then mm-hmm. they had all this energy to hunt and pressure us and all this energy to attack because we weren't wearing them out at all when, when we had the ball. <clears throat> Tell you about my Saturday, Saturday night. I sat in the rain at the Hawthorne West Coast game on the boundary for Triple M's, totally drenched. Three hours sat in the rain, went home, my family was away, so I had a bath, like a real warm, warm bath. Yep. Yeah. To warm up, had dinner, and then sat on the couch with my Ugg boots, um, beef and rice. Sticky pork. <laughs> beef and rice from where? <laughs> Uh, oh, from what, what a little in Indian place. Uh, my mum actually made oh, it. Beautiful. To be honest, yeah, nice. she dropped that off for me. Lovely. My my family was out of town anyway. So I, I put the Ugg boots on. I grab a blanket. I jump on the couch and I watch your game. You and just insulated the house. What do you need the blanket for? Still very cold. It's <laughs> yeah. a hundred twenty year old house. It is that cold. But and I did fall asleep there for a little bit. But from what I could tell of watching your game, Scott. Yeah. Great. Was that? That's a long way of getting there. Good but leader. Good leader. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Was that there were, didn't seem to be a lot of movement forward of the ball. So when you guys had the footy, it was, you were hesitant with the footy because it didn't seem like your options forward of the ball had, had space on their defenders. I right? want a TV like what you've got so you can see that. On I can't f- see that on my TV. On my 50-inch, you looked stagnant ahead of the ball. So I just wonder whether the forwards... Oh, they need a little rocket or... Yeah, well, as I said, I don't know how you can see that on TV because they usually just show where the ball is. But well, as I said, I watched the game back in my cinema room at home. And right, yeah. Didn't... Well, <laughs> I I'd had three really beers by halftime, so, you know. <laughs> nah, we were... We were um, I think the, the, the thing with forwards is they rely on a bit of movement up the field too with the ball. So if you're just going back and kicking long down the line, mm-hmm. how can they really move? The ball carrier's not moving. Yeah. Um, you know, if we get, say, a handball through and it, we trigger out and we've got a bit of speed, you almost force forwards to move for you. Someone yeah. will lead, someone will slide back. Yeah. But when you're that stagnant, forwards are sort of just stand there going, I don't really know what we're going to do with the ball here. We're probably just going to kick it long. So I'll just get down the line and try and get mm-hmm. to that contest. So because we're so slow when we won possession back or off clearance or whatever it was. Slow. Um, then there's nowhere really for the forwards to go. Like we gave North so much time to set up with how they wanted to defend and, um, you know, and... I think I was saying to someone the other day is like when you play as bad as we did it's not just all on us it's also like a bit of how they how they attacked us and how they defended I thought they were first class with don't, how they played don't start giving credit to well, the opposition they're four, and, well, they're four and one since Shory has taken over which would have them second on the ladder since he's mm. been there they've made some slight adjustments to how they've played did you play with Shory? I played with Reese for two years maybe I think so on the uh, Rat Pack a meter where did, how did no, the score him out was like I think he was Four. a little bit in the Rat Pack, but more um, senior. I think his brother, was Heath, was more of a, a member. Right. right. Um, 
Four out of ten. Three out of ten. I think the yeah. What was Heath was seven or eight. Heath was a fully fledged member. Ten. Yeah, I think (laughs) Reese is just ebbs and flows and does what he wants. Um, so what is the last one on this? What's the number one thing you got to fix for the big game against Hawthorne on Friday night? What's top of Nathan Buckley's whiteboard? Um, oh, move it quicker. You said slide. no. I just I think um, our ability to you know win win those contests because you've got to be able to win those first before you can even worry about win the contest structure. And that's not just talking around the just around the stoppage, mm-hmm. forward and behind the ball, ground balls. Win the yeah, win the win those balls. Get over to support. Yeah. And then when we get that ball back, go and play. And if we don't get it, if you, you know, if we get over there to support, we don't win it, then we put yeah. pressure on. But, you know, you can have the best game plan, structure, whatever you want. But if you can't mm. put the pressure on it, and we missed a lot of tackles too against North, like oh, Simpkins, yeah. Sidestep, Cunnington, Fender, Zebel got through. So, yeah. just got to clean up a few of our, you know, a few of those little bits in our game. And as you said, it's a big challenge with Hawthorne because they are a side who've given us a lot of trouble for as long as I've been playing, I think. I've won one of my last ten games against them, so mm. um, yeah, it's a yeah. We we see it as a really big game for us. And their hunt was on against West Coast. They, sh- they should have won that game. I watched that game. Mm. Thought they should have won. Shuey was good. late. Shuey was unbelievable late. But I th- I thought in that third quarter, their their second quarter was a little bit off. Yeah. Their third quarter, I think they kicked like five goals, seven or something. They yeah probably had the chance to finish them and then left the think door a little it. bit open for. Yeah, West Coast. So after two sort of mediocre performances, I think your pre-game speech on Friday night, all the cameras, has got to be a real good one. You've got to pull out one of your better pre-game speeches. Yeah, well, if we rely on that to get us over the line, we might already be You stopped. want a strong start, and I think the pre-game speech, you all get in the huddle, yeah. you huddle up, the camera sort of flirts around the pack. I'll, look. I'll find it and give it a wink. <laughs> How are you going? You yeah, start yeah. practising that. Hey, I set you a challenge uh, before this. Coco, join in if you want here, mate. Um, your top five... On ballers. Do you have yours? In or the is comp- it just mine? In the competition. Yeah. Right? So Non-Collingwood players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this is in... This is, and this is mids, like mid On ballers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not- so this is a tribute to Ben Cunnington. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't get recognised. So we're going to... Rec- well, I'm going to recognise him here. Yeah, well, I haven't seen your list. You haven't seen my list. We're going to talk about the top five non-Collingwood on ballers in the competition. And you yeah. get to judge, Coco who's got the better on-ball group, right? Okay, so do you want me to go first? Five only. You were the five times, five times, so you yeah, started so, off. Um, well, yeah, I've got in my top five, and this Spit is no out. order, I've got Cunnington, All right. yeah, Cripps, I've got, I've got, no, shush, my list. Well, I'm, I'm going to tick them off as I go. No, Hang on. Cunnington, All right. Cripps, yep. Luke Shuey, yep. Travis Boak, no. Nathan Fife, <laughs> no. Why can't you put them in order? Yeah, because oh, f- it's like it's splitting hairs. You don't want to have fun games, do you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's disappointingly similar to mine. To be honest, I was hoping for a oh, few more, di- a few more it? differences. Shut up, Coco. So I got Crip up and five two. They're possibly obvious. I think Ode to Ben Cunnington's got to be in there after he's done. I've been a big fan of Ben Cunnington for years. How he plays, but just because no fanfare gets it done. Yeah. And as I said before, like his disposal efficiency and all that stuff is elite and mm. drives me mad. We just worry so much about possessions in this game and actually don't look at effectiveness or disposal of efficiency, turnovers, all that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, he played a ripper. He had 36 possessions. It's yeah. like, who cares if he bloody <laughs> gives 10 of them back? Well, he's never been in the best 40 players in the competition, according to the All-Australian How many? Yeah, that's a joke. How many 
best and fairest as he won maybe at North. He's fin. He's how good is this? He's won one. Yeah. And he's finished second three times. Yeah, so that's top four. And they've played in prelims and stuff years gone by. So and yep. been around the mark. So he's in top four side doing that. The top. So the four of the five I had the same. Cripper Fife. Cunnington and Shuey. Shuey was enormous you in the last quarter. You only put Shuey in it because he played awesome on the weekend. That's He's on my list. He won the Norm Smith medal yeah, against know, you were like You've been influenced by his weekend's performance, Mate, not body of work. I saw him no, tear you guys a new no, one on the, in no, the big dance is, in September. Yeah, yes, he did. So No, you just put him in there. Not true. Who'd you cross yeah. out? But the issue is... <laughs> who'd you cross who'd out? Cross out? <laughs> Who's your fifth? You had Boak. Yeah. Right? That looks like Dusty. I, I would say that you would have to have... Tim Kelly or Josh Kelly in there. Josh yeah, Kelly's Tim, been on a tear. Tim it, Kelly, magnificently yeah, skilled. And yeah. I don't know. Tim Kelly's the f- favourite for the Brownlow Medal yeah, now, and he's leading probably, the AFL. Probably so. Small, yeah. short, over, small oversight. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you do lists, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. you forget one or two. So, so we both left Danger and Dusty out. That's because I consider them more forwards, hybrids. I call them. You consider Danger a forward? No, Danger Hybrid. plays mid. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's said like Tim Kelly's probably their best mid. Um, yeah, I don't know. As I said, it's just a list of five. Yeah. Um, who'd you put? I wasn't going to put two Geelong people in it. Um, well, you if you're going to pick one, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm a big fan of Josh Kelly because he's got the skill. But Cripper Josh and- Kelly is awesome, isn't he? Yeah, he's so. Good. He's another one who just uses the ball so well. We didn't have Cornelio in there. Yeah, he's probably another one. It's pretty hard to do. You asked for five, I gave you five. Yeah, you probably <laughs> want to stick with mine. Stick fat. It was a good five. Yeah. Um, caretaker coaches. Is it an awkward going posi- well? Is it an awkward position for Carlton and North Melbourne right now if they were thinking about trying to appoint somewhere else? Uh, yeah, because I think what yeah. Like what if they keep winning? Well, say probably maybe maybe Carlton. Um, I think like when T got that group, mm-hmm. probably like as a playing group, they might be that they were probably obviously a very low point confidence and with how they're playing and. That sort of stuff, and to yeah. have the turnaround that he's had in what is it for four weeks? He's gone two and two, or yep. and he's been in like win of the season, and they're playing you know more high speed, high octane game, scoring a bit more freely. Their defensive stuff still standing up, which is what Bolton brought to them and really made them a, a really hard side to score against. But now they've added that attacking element as well, which mm. is almost they look a bit like Adelaide now when they get the ball because that's where he come from and. Yeah, I think he'd be asking the question, and all he can do is, how do you argue with results? Yep, you can't. You can't. You can trick yourself if you're on a board and think, let's you know go and get this coach because you can do this. But I think the thing that I love about both caretaker coaches at the moment mm-hmm. is it looks like they've got the players on side pretty easily. Player power. And they're also playing a style that suits their playing group. Yep. I think most sides try and do that, but it looks like... I don't know, just from watching that Carlton, they look like they're having a bit more fun yep. when you're playing footy, you know. They're running, they're playing on, they're spreading the ball. They're, you know, Charlie Kernow kicked six, what, didn't he, one week when he, when he was there? Yep. And, you know, I think if you had said they'll win that game on the weekend without Cripps, no McKay, Kernow, Kernow going down. Yeah, so, no way. Um, Do you know what's really difficult, though, for this club? That you, we, we just briefly mentioned the player power there. Like, what... Uh, Reece Shaw has clearly got all the North Melbourne players on side. Now, how do the club's power brokers turn their back on that in a way? Like, you've got 40 thing, though, players. One thing with um, that's the hard thing to say, like, because you've got all the players on side, 
is there are already assistant coaches there, so it's not like a new person's come in. Yeah. So say for us, if um, Bucks, like tomorrow, yep. guys, I'm done. Got the limited And stars. Robert Harvey was to take the um, head coaching gig. Yeah. He would have all the players on side because we all, we all love halves. Yep. <coughs> so Banger. I think, yeah, like that sort of thing, I don't know, it's hard to judge because, like, you know, I heard that from people at North that they loved Shorey when he came across from Sydney in the preseason. Yeah. So he obviously built really good relationships and stuff like that. So, Early. you know, it's not like a foreign person coming in and they're all of a sudden just like, oh, this guy's the Messiah. Yeah. So I think but that's a, that's the benefit and bonus of these caretaker coaches. They've got the players implementing implementing a game plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... And this, I don't know, it's a little bit of Steve Hawking's thing about, you know, the industry shutdown. He's like, do we give our head coaches so much work so yep. much responsibility to do that they forget they've just got so much on their plate that they just forget about what actually coaching. makes a really good head coach which is the player relationships and the yep. coaching sort of side which of things to Mark Thompson in 2006 get back to coaching yeah so I could just you wonder if that side of things because these guys have just come in energetic young not bogged down by all the extra stuff that coaches have got to do yeah and you know they just they're just going and coaching they look like they're having fun they're relaxed their boxes like when you show up to the box, they're always having like a smile or giggle, will look pretty composed. But yeah, I don't know. Like, do they feel like it's a free hit? Is that why the pressure's not on? Because mm-hmm. everyone I speak to in Pressure's coaching, because I want to coach, they always say everybody changes once they sit in the hot seat. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's your, you are the head coach for two years. There's your contract, blah, blah, blah. Everyone changes. So yeah. I don't know. But I like, I like what's, I like the story. I like how both guys are, are coaching. And, um, and I think too that, the competition's so easy that I mean, so even mm-hmm. that um, you know it's just adding like you know Carlton to go over to Freo and get that win and yeah. they've been playing pretty good footy Freo that it also shows if you're off your game by a couple of percent this competition's so easy and you can't no matter the ladder position you can't take anyone lightly. One of the most profound things you've said on this podcast over the past few years when Bucks many. was under the pump, there are many profound Thank things. Um, yeah. One of the was that when uh, Bucks was under the pump and then Purdy said that he's not going anywhere for the end of the season, you said that the yes, pressure, pressure on was him, off. Yeah. Yes. And you said it was only after that pressure valve released that you realised how much guys were walking on eggshells yeah. week, week to week. Yeah. And it was just a f- fabulous, <clears throat> honest insight, you know, a real-time comment about the inside of a football bubble. Yeah. And... That seems so true now. When you look back on North Melbourne and you look back on Carlton in particular when their coaches were under the pump, that they were so stagnant maybe or concerned, worried, Yeah, you know, that that pressure really told on them. And clubs, when the pressure is on, clubs say, we don't listen to the external noise. It makes no sense to us. The reality, that's bullshit. The reality is totally different. And in that comment, you said probably what a lot of people aren't prepared to say, and it's been clear it's been really evident this season i reckon yeah well the pressure and it builds on all the players too like the young young guys and then the senior guys are trying to make sure everyone just stays focused at training but yeah like as i said i said uh with the with bucks and his stuff was like you didn't you literally gone into a game and you were so focused on what you had to do but like in the back of your mind you're like if this scoreboard is really ugly today trouble we don't know if he's going to be here tonight. Yeah. What's going to happen? Mm. And then... The Hawthorne yeah. game, halftime, you were down by six goals or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, and then um, and then you win and you just feel so, like, relieved for the group that you got to win. And, the, and, it was and almost that's like, the coaster yeah. you were talking about before, trying to avoid. Yeah, and you don't want to avoid that. But when you're in that situation, you're literally riding that roller coaster. Yeah. Or 
I know I was and the yeah. group was and yeah. you know the cameras are there every day and yeah. the, I think the best thing that clubs can do is just like make a decision and it's I know it's against what clubs want to do because it's like publicly they don't need to say anything but it even just stops the media scrutiny on the club straight yeah. away which is the one that the players have to deal with every day yeah. guys on boards um, you know board members and stuff they don't see this they know the scrutiny it is but like the real life living that every day takes its toll oh it wears you down and going into games thinking geez, if we don't perform you know our coach could lose his job or if we perform we bought him another week yeah um, yeah I remember when Purdy came out and just said like Bucks has got to the end of the season the cameras stopped turning up yeah we could have fun about footy again we didn't yeah. I think we ended up winning five of our last yeah. seven games or four or whatever it was but because the coaching story is always the biggest story oh, well, we footy. just knew we had seven games yeah. we can play we didn't have to perform like it was our grand final every week we had we could work on our game over seven weeks and Exhale. build. Yeah, not like every week was every week was like an elimination final almost, mm. and it just was tough. It emotionally, just drained you. Yeah. What about the horse in that situation? It's a bit different because he's not under the pump. But do you reckon that talks? Did you see him on three sixty? Yeah, I'm yeah, contracted to North uh, City. <laughs> that wasn't great. <laughs> Footy club. Um, and pickers oh, coming probably out. probably talking about North so much to him. Yeah, pickers coming out on <laughs> SEN and and his comments, but. Would you be thinking about that as a player? Would you be thinking, like, is he oh, going to be my coach next year? Probably. Yeah, I reckon they would. Especially if you're later on in your career. Yeah. I guess they'd, they've probably had a conversation already inside their club about what's happening, but they haven't let the public know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's natural that players would want to know what's happening and or yeah. ask the question or yeah. the question, if it's still up in the air, the players would it'd yeah. be still up in the air in their mind. Yeah, because we've seen with players how you know players move and no one sort of expected it or whatever, mm-hmm. and we know the coaching side of things is almost exactly the same. So, yeah, I'd imagine that. I don't know. I'd assume mm. that until they put it to bed one way or another, it's going to be bubbling away. Did you like how Clarkson handled it, telling the players, and then uh, was it Bruce came out in his press conference and just said, "Clarko told us he's staying." I'm not 100 percent convinced he's staying. Sorry. But no. this has been around for years, so there's yeah, got to be. He's been Clarkson's been going to go every time there's a vacancy, so and yeah. he's stayed so far. And I just seem he's an incredibly loyal bloke. But what if the Hawthorne players wanted a fresh voice or needed a fresh well, voice? Well, I think if they all went to him and said we want a fresh voice, well, yeah. then he would step aside. So who at Hawthorne? Can, Good luck knocking can, on his door saying yeah. that. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. He, I think he runs the club, and that that would actually be a really difficult proposition even if some players did feel that and even if and in terms of the direction of the club you know like the board or the football management or the list management team have got to stand up to Clarko too if they have a difference of opinion he's such a big personality at that football club Scotty this is where we disagree because you've got one of the best coaches if not the best of all time no I don't dispute that and then we have this fascination in footy that like 10 years is too long at a club well, Lee Matthews, who's probably the greatest player that's ever played the game, is a firm believer in that. Yeah, but then you have a look at the most successful coaches in world sport. Mm-hmm. Bilicek. Greg Popovich. Yeah. How long has he been there? Been there forever. Been through a rebuild, got them in playoffs again, keeps them in playoffs, been there forever. He knows basketball. So, like, why would you get rid of a guy like yeah. that? Oh, because the list needs to be, like... They need a new voice. They need a new voice. You've got the guy <laughs> teaching... Teaching them the right way to play footy, blah blah blah. You know, Bill Belichick. Like, there's. I know that's one school of thought. Ten years is too long, but then there's yeah. a body of evidence that the best coaches in the world 
Phil Jackson with the Bulls. Like they mm-hmm. can get it done. They know how to get it done. And you know, yeah, I think that you got to look a bit broader than just you know. If he wanted to step aside, then I think it's fine. But if he still feels passionate about it and wants to keep going, like, you'd be crazy. Imagine if you're like an 18 year old kid at Hawthorne being like, oh. We got rid of Clarkson because the club thought we were getting a little bit stale. Yeah. Like that. I still what, think what if they Clarkson play a wants real... to contend? What if he wants to stay up and top up again and, and the list management team say, mate, we have to go back to the draft for two or three years? Yeah, well, that might be the discussion and then they figure out if he wants to go through that process with them. Mm. But if he said, all right, let's go down that path, we'll rebuild and stuff, and I can do the rebuild and take us back to the um, premiership, and you're going to say no to a guy who's done it four times? No, you're probably not, especially when he's contracted. Exactly. Of course, uh, Scott and Braden, we are brought to you proudly by the George, 162 Collins Street. I know, Scott, you love um, the sticky pork and you keep banging Favourite. on about that, mate. But um, the Favourite. sticky chilli caramel wings. Coco, did I say that correctly? That sticky, sticky chilli chili caramel wings. Caramel wings. Oh, I can eat a whole bowl of them, in fact. Well, I've seen you eat a whole bowl of them. Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> True story. The pork, uh, the slow-cooked lamb shoulder too. You can just you take your time with that one. Coco, you just, you know, over a beer like or two. So the funniest thing the is this isn't Jay over, like, number of sittings. It's just one sitting <laughs> for Jay. Get here, great uh, rooms for a couple of cocktails, a couple of beers before the football. Do whatever you like. Come and bring your missus or come and bring your fella, whatever way, you know, whatever you want to do. Bring your mates. Bring your mates. Whatever. Come hang out with us. Great spot. George on Collins Street, 162. Collins Street for all your food and dining. Um, I just wanted to say the prawns. Yeah, the prawns are probably the best, aren't they? Hey, um, big week a couple of weeks ago, Scott. When um, Every week's a big week. (laughs) (laughs) You would have thought, how many games you played now? Nearly 290, that you've seen most things in football, that you might have sort of covered all bases by now. You had the Rat Pack, uh, all the stuff that goes along with having bucks and your senior coach and... um, Blah, blah, blah. But when one of your teammates, oh, in fact, you'd even tick this box before when he's sure and Nick Maxwell had sort of. <laughs> I was going to say, we've seen it all the time. had a practice. But yeah. when your young man, Jaden Stevenson, who looks like he's a popular kid and one of the favourites at the club, very important to your forward line, or he certainly was, um, goes and bets on Collingwood games. What was your first reaction to um, that? When you first hit it, just take us through like everything how the cogs sort of, turned. Yeah. When you hear it, you're just like. Did you what? believe it? You're sort of like, what, really? Like, no way. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And then my experiences probably told me that he might have. And then, yeah, and then obviously when it come out that he had and, um, yeah, you're just sort of like a bit stunned. Like all the incidents, I don't know. you just all stupid shit. Yeah, you just don't really think your players will do it. And that, but as you said before, like I've seen um, – a lot of stuff happened in my time at the club and, mm. um, you know, so, yeah, we sort of you, – you deal with it the best way you can deal with it, which I think our club handled that really well. And, yeah, now we – you know, unfortunately, we don't have Steve over 10 weeks. So not only has he made a mistake sort of, you know, with his betting on footy, but he hurts us with not being able to be there because he's a very important player to how we play. And, um, yeah, 10 weeks without him is, you know, hurts. Before we get – too serious. Did you give him what grade level did you, death stare did you give him? No, nah, this that goes straight higher than me. This and these sort of mistakes. You got the go. Walshy death yeah, stare. Yes, the Walshy. So God, you never want to talk yeah, to the Walshy yeah. when it's yeah bad. But like, there's you know there's 
we get educated about this sort of stuff and all the time, like boringly once, so. No, once a year, right? We get educated about don't bet on your own games. Don't bet on games, and you do a survey about right or wrong. And if you get any wrong, you have to keep going. You have to keep going back and do it. Mm-hmm. So you know what it, you it's can not a and tricky can't survey, do. But, <laughs> nah, but oh no, you'll be surprised at like so. You know, like you know, like say if there was a market for Bournemouth versus Blackburn in EFL. Like AFL players, I'm pretty sure aren't allowed to even gamble on that. Like we're not allowed. To, like so, yeah. just they throw up all this random stuff. So pretty much though, everyone knows you don't gamble on. Yeah, stay clear of footy. Stay clear of footy in general. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but when it come up, it was, you know, this Jaden's not the first, and he won't be the last player mm-hmm. that makes the stupid mistake. And the thing is, it's like all for what thirty six dollars worth of bets. Like yeah, and he was like, I don't, I don't that's know. just boredom, isn't it? Yeah, or it's just boredom. I think to have. I think it was um. I think Luke Beveridge spoke about it, saying about we have too much free time on our hands and we get paid, you know, too much money and stuff like that. Mm. And I, you know, I agree with the free time side of things. That's not a the, PA not thing. Pay, but I you're only there the, like three and a half days a week. What's that? You're only there three and a half days a week, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. Oh, like yeah, you're there when you. But it's just the downtime, and I like often thought, should you, in your first four years, should you be made to like like the college system in America? Should be made to be studying, working, whatever, because we I thought you were. We yeah, you do like courses and stuff and there's AFL sports ready that everyone does in their first year, but then from the second year onwards, I don't know, should you be made to do something because early in your career Surely. you get used to having time off, so you expect it type mm-hmm. thing. Whereas, you know, and one of the biggest issues in footy is after you leave the game, most people are worried about what are they gonna do next. Whereas if you're in the footy for four years and you walk away with the you know, three years of your building apprenticeship done or two years of a university degree, yep. that sort of thing's accounted for, which, you know, the college system in America does really well. So, yep. I don't know, I just thought, you know, would that be a good option? Would, you know, mm. if players all had to study or do something in their first four years, yep. it sets them up for life after footy. And even at yep. the time, they might hate doing it. Yep. They'll appreciate it at that time. And I know, like, I certainly, if I was made to study, I probably would have hated it in my first few years, but you'd really appreciate it in the back end. So did you and Howie have to convince Steve-O to... I like what you've done there. ...to go to Walsh? into it. Well, you're, you're the captain. I'm sure this come across your <laughs> nah, desk. So I think did you have um, to convince him or did he put his hand up and self-report himself? Um, no, well, the... Clear it up. The, the um, discussion was with Howie and then from there it was, let's... Like, this is the channel it needs to go. So it needs to go to Walshy. Um, let, like, his... You know, like any, even had a, say if Steve had to come to me, I would have taken it straight to Walshy exactly what Howie did because, geez, I don't know what to do with that sort of stuff. Like that's, I'm like captain of the team. I can't, mm. I don't know who I'm supposed to ring at AFL or what mm. you do or whatever. So, yeah, I thought Howie handled himself really well. Um, you know, and I spoke to Howie about it as well and just yeah. said like, literally there's nothing more you could do for him if you tried to sweep that under the carpet. And that come out. You're implicit. Like you're, you would have gotten so much shit. Steve, I would have, like the club would have been attacked from everywhere. There'd be more questions asked about more players, how much stuff have players tried to cover up in the past. Whole can of worms opens up if you try and do that sort of stuff. So, so you did the right thing, Howie? Oh, well, what do you, I don't know, what would you like? If you, if you were at my football club playing yep. and that situation happened, yep. you got the two choices, sweep it under the carpet and hope yep. it never gets caught. Or- I reckon 10 years ago, Sky, and look, I could be wrong here, but I reckon 10 or 20 years ago, you give real thought to getting in a room. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And just and- no one say anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But yep. this day and age, yep. everything gets out. 
blah, blah, blah. It's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. I reckon. So the old man, school football mentality, <clears throat> in a way, it's tempting. And I think we spoke to Walsh about this, but it'd be tempting to give that some thought and just say, like, can you trust your mates, Steve-O, not to say anything? Yeah. Um, let's all just forget this ever happened. Yeah. But if Steve-O, I mean, we're told that Steve-O had two bets on his mate's account and one bet on his own account. Yeah. And that's the issue because yeah. if he has had a bet on his own account under his own name, yeah. then they're going to catch him. On the other thing too is ones if, you know, a year passes and he thinks, oh, well, we swept that one under the carpet. I'll, I'll do it again and I just will not say anything at all to anyone. So you reckon like, that wouldn't have taught Steve-O the lesson? I, you wouldn't I, have been good for him in the long but term. But you just don't know. Like, hmm. say with like, um, like, and we've had, as you said, a few cases, but, you know, with like how Geordie responded from some of his stuff, yeah. education, blah, 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 comes out the other end and learnt so much from it and Steve-O will learn so much from this. And Fair yeah, point. I reckon how we handled it as a club was A+. plus. Literally would be a case study for other clubs of – this is how it needs to be handled. So last one, is it awkward between Steve-O and Howie? No, not at all. Um, There's a theory that that's, that that's oh, you're aware of the theory no, that no Chad, that that's be the people, case. People would put that out there and if I was a reporter, you'd put it out there just to see if you can get a nibble on it. But there's <laughs> like, Steve-O's one of the most- Bait the hook. <laughs> Steve, Steve-O's one of the most easygoing, laid back, lovable blokes. Yeah. And then Howie's probably the next best in that scenario. So- there's no awkwardness at the club at all. He said sorry. Yeah. He realised he's hurt more than just his own little reputation or anything like that. It's you know, hurt the club and how he's commended for how he handled it. Because mm. as I said, imagine if that, imagine if we're sitting here right now and my phone rings and it's this story and it's come out because no one said anything while she got hold of it. Would look good. Jesus, I don't reckon I'd rock up the, tr- the club for a week. Yeah. Well, that could, and that could be career over stuff for Steve or thereabouts. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. We, we handled it the right way. And I'm yeah. happy with how it all played out and yeah. proud of Howie for how he handled himself. Coco, the question's fair about Steve on Howie, isn't it? Because from outside, from a superficial perspective, after having this situation, you would understand that there could be some tension there, couldn't you? Or is that totally off the mark? I can see why someone would think that. I'd kind of more think that it was good that he had a mentor that kind of looked after him. And in the end, you'd look back on that and... Thank Howie for yep. kind of what he did. Yeah, Geordie. So Geordie's one of my closest mates, and like I would say, yep. or if Geordie was ever talking, and they said like, if something happens at the club, and who would you go to for advice? I reckon he'd list me in his top three. Yep. I could not have given him a bigger spray when he did what he did. Yeah. And if there was ever going to be awkwardness between two people, yeah. it would have been me and Geordie. And there's nothing like no. where as tight as can be. If you haven't heard the Jordan Degoe episode, I think it was yeah, uh, it's available on our episode. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in, like it, subscribe. You will hear that uh, great chemistry between yeah. uh, the master yeah. and apprentice, Mr Miyagi and Daniel's yeah. son. And trust me, on the field too, there's like brutal sprays and stuff. So, like, yeah, I know it was an off-field incident, but on the field there's some stuff that gets said that... Between teammates. Oh, it's savage. Yeah. Then the game finishes and they're like sitting together having a laugh, like <laughs> yeah. talking because it's just in the heat of the moment. And you know, yeah. nothing's ever a personal attack at a football club. Mm. So, okay, yeah. Maybe we should All introduce a bit more of that mid-podcast. Just a spray. Bit of feedback. Yeah, a bit of feedback. As I would say, yeah, yeah. I just thought how stupid because Steve-O's an awesome kid, but even AFL staff, staff wide, staff aren't allowed to bet. You get monitored if you make a bet on your own account. They pick it up, so... It was really serious. Well, it's um, the whole reason why we're not allowed to have, like, phones and stuff yeah. anymore in the rooms, mm. which is, like, I think we're, like, the only one in world sport. Like, I know NBA guys are on their phones all the way up until the game starts pretty much. And, yeah. 
all that. And but it I guess really that's cracked the, down in recent times yeah. on that, didn't well, it? Well, like we've got, like, if you go to the footy now, though, you have a look at like every billboard, every banner around the ground, it's all got to do with the betting agency promoting gambling on the game. And you have a look at three-quarter time, they don't put the stats up. They put the well, the odds at three-quarter time and yep. you can live bet yep. and stuff like that. So, Are you one of the people who would be prepared to take a pay cut to eliminate all betting advertising from the game? Um, oh, I'm not here nor there on it, really. Like... I don't know. I well, that's like I don't. I don't bet. So, um, and like I know as a player, you're not allowed to bet. So, um, and I know people in society gamble. People in society do drugs. They drink. They mm-hmm. eat shit with their diet. So it's not like mm-hmm. I don't not know. at the George. Oh no, no. this is all but really yeah, nutritious. I, like I, I don't know. I guess if, as I said, I don't have a personal connection with it, so yep. I don't really feel strongly really, about it. Yeah, hit me strongly, but yeah, I don't know. Like. Maybe, you know, if I have heard stories about kids saying that at three quarter time they think their side's gonna win because they're paying a dollar oh one. Like I don't like hearing that about kids. Yep. I think they should just be watching the game. But yeah, I understand the commercial element too and they pay big bucks to get there and that's how the game goes around. Before we finish up, there's free agency madness in the NBA, Scott. I know you'd be paying very close attention to this. Mm. Brooklyn have got um, KD. KD and Kyrie, who doesn't speaking about sort of popular teammates and stuff. He doesn't. He seems doesn't a bit high on, high on the list. Doesn't no, he seems no. a bit on the nose, um, yeah, Uncle Drew. He does. So he's going to be quite interesting. They got the defensive piece there with DeAndre Jordan, and it's left the Lakers as we stand. I haven't seen any watch bombs in the last half an hour, but <laughs> watch bombs. Um, it seems like um, Kawhi is still deciding whether that's to um, go to the Lakers or stay at Toronto. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it has I been volatile. Like 900 and something million on day one of free agency. And ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. money for some of these players. Yeah, like super maxes and maxes. Yeah. And, yeah, Who's been the big winner? Who's been the big loser, Scott? Uh, I think Golden State. Because they got they lost KD, which was like going to be massive. They're the big winner or the big they, loser. I think they're a big winner because KD was going to go and he could have gone for nothing. But they were able to get um, D'Angelo Russell in as a piece four year max deal. So now they've got a piece like a trade piece that if they want to use that at any time, they can trade him to get a package back, or he might fit and play really well. So doesn't he just run the point? But they're small ball yeah, now. Then with Clay and Steph, they like to play small ball. But yeah. But I just think, like in terms of assets, you've got an, you lost a massive one, and you're able to get something back instead of just losing it and getting nothing back. So mm. I think they managed to do well there. Um, clearly, Brooklyn have done amazing getting KD, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie, New York, big loser. Weren't well, prepared to offer. Stop KD there for a the second. Max. Yeah. So they they get rid of Porzingis, <laughs> clear the whole cap to get a big fish. They end up with Taj Gibson. Bobby Portis. Julius Randle. And Julius Randle. Yeah. Now, that's like going for Steve Cornelio and ending up with me. Yeah. Oh, they even... Yeah. Is that a bit harsh? <laughs> no, that's about right. Um, <laughs> no, but they've built a lot of their players, like one-on-one deals, so they can load up again next for ANC and have another crack. But, just have another go. Yeah, but they just... I don't, I don't know why they released that press statement saying that KD wasn't going to get the max at our club. So like stupid don't say thing anything, to say. just say we missed out. He picked them over us. Yeah. We did everything we could. Yeah. So now it seems like he wanted to go to them, but they didn't offer him the money. So like, Jesus. What about, I'm a Celtics man, and we get Kemble Walker. Like that, like that. Underrated move, Scott. We lose Al Horford. Yeah, losing Al Horford I think hurts too, though. Such a glue guy. But I like Kemble Walker 
because I think he'd be he'll be willing to be coached by Brad Stevens. I don't know if Kyrie was happy with how they used to play the offense team basketball. I think Kyrie Kyrie's was on the island of, on his own. Yeah, Kyrie likes to be on the island at the top and a bit of look at me time. And yeah, what's your prediction on what Ka- Kawhi does? Kawhi, Kawhi and I think Kawhi will stay for. He'll sign a two-year deal with a player option for the second. Mm. He'll stay with Toronto for one more. Yeah, and then get a look at, at what's happening. What do you think Steve Canelia does? Uh, I think is he good at basketball? That's better a good at fo- transition. Better, good transition. Better at football. Um, Steve Canelio will sign a one plus one at GWS short term player option for the second year. Yeah, and he can make a decision then. Oh, might be doing this again next year on uh, <laughs> maybe Cornelio. He's a gun. Not in uh, our top five uh, on ballers though. Oh boy, um, Scott. It's been. Um, Great to have a chat, Coco. Great to see you. Been good to be back. Yep. You and I have got to get on the treadmill, I think, in the <laughs> second half of the season. To, um... We need to be a bit more transparent with our fan base, I reckon. You reckon? They need to... We're back right. and We're, we're going to have a crack. We're going to have a good run all yeah. the way through to the Are end we? of the Weekly season. Weekly to the end of the season. All right. All the way up until the grand final. We're I'll call it an extended Canada. mid-season. We did. <laughs> a few things popped up. A few things. We had a betting scandal yeah. to deal with. and uh, No, what? Sick this children. This is something and... that we haven't brought up. Well... Well, we couldn't do the pod because Scott's gallivanting around with his tag Hoyer mates. Yeah, no, I was his in, watch and no, that was a Wednesday. The, we record on a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, you, you had were, you were I was in Sydney for a lunch, and he has announced we haven't acknowledged this yet, which is rude on your behalf, Coco. But oh, you yes. now <laughs> oh, God. Are you expecting your second child or not? You, but your oh, lovely yes. wife Alex. Yes. Congratulations, <laughs> thank mate. you. Your life's about to change. You think you get no sleep as it is. You wait till number two comes along, mate. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Oh boy, well done. Congratulations on a baby thank girl. You. Yes, baby girl. Pigeon pair. Yes, I didn't know what that meant until someone said to me and I quickly looked it up. Perfect. Hope she gets those looks. You would think so. <laughs> She'd be right either way. Uh, oh, listen to this, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate um, you putting up with us. How's uh, Swanee's podcast going? Is that uh, still yeah, going? We, we, uh, we just look after our own backyard we? here. We okay. don't throw stones. I just want to, he saw the pot of this and then uh, he's got canned. It's been a bit interesting ride for Joe, Swanee. You, big you, know, sh- you just tried to pot and don't. <laughs> don't. We do our thing. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next time on the Jock and Journal Show. Bye for now. Yeah. Thank you.